Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 25 of Fresh Talk. Quarter of 100. We, we made it to the quarter mark, boys. I can't believe it. 25 weeks in a row. That's that's almost ha- six months. We've almost been doing the six months. Holy shit. We've really stuck with it. It's yeah. first thing ever. It did take us about four years of talking about doing it <laughs> to do it. So, I mean, you'd think you'd at least get 25 in. I mean, we've talked. How much did we talk about doing a podcast? Years. Yeah. I mean, since. Uh, years. Yeah. Dan's been listening to podcasts since the very first podcast. Since about 10 years. You know what yeah. sucks is we were talking about podcasts before they were cool, and then they got <laughs> cool and didn't do one, <laughs> and, and now that everybody has one, no, of course we're doing yeah, one Yeah, we now. could have been pioneers, and now we're just tiny fish in a giant sea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so be it is what it is, but very exciting to have Dan Clark back. Hello. You were missed last week, Dan. Yeah, I had to do some Jewy stuff. How was your Passover, man? It was good. I had the traditional Passover whis- uh, whiskey. Mm, that's my favorite Lots part of, of the soup. Seder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Did Got to see you, all my family. Did cool. you listen nice. to the podcast? I did not. Oh, because I did a, a rendition. And it was like, where's Dan? And I sang a verse of, over, Dan is passing over. <laughs> that's all I had. But you know. At first, yeah. when they when Christmas said that you were, at pa- you, were, you were not here because of Passover, I didn't realize you were not here because you were getting together with your family for Passover. I thought you were just, you were like, I can't. Like and I was like, how is, like I yeah. thought you were having some spiritual awakening. I was so disappointed. Like and, then, and then all of a sudden it clicked. Yeah, yeah. it's family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Big family held a fucking roll. You got to sit around and eat in a tone. Yeah. Oh. Always good to hang Great out with family. You know? Yeah, but yeah, you were you were you were missed. There was a lot of moments where Kai and I paused, where <laughs> you would have come in and said something intelligent, and we just paused. Yeah. You know, so and then Sweef choked when we needed him to come up with an underrated movie. He's like, I just don't. No, we should do a remix where we just have you. We you just you just record I'll in you all a, your conjecture. I'll make you a soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll re we'll we'll do Dan in post. <laughs> but you are here, Dan. The, I'm the, here again. The, the 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 gang is all here. So uh, what's what's everybody been up to? We're we're gonna try and segment things a little bit this week because Kai and I were just so all over the place last week. <laughs> yeah, dude, we yeah. talk about we need you. That's why At we need you. Dan. We started it was like talking two kids with about ADD, soda. Man. Like literally, the, an actual yeah, 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 yeah. It's, huh. It was, it and was we decided a, that root beer is badass. Yeah, and underrated. That's yeah. our underrated yeah. beverage That's of the underrated week. Beverage of the week. Yeah, <laughs> root beer. Try so, it. So Dan, what have you been up to since we didn't see you last week? Well, you know, did the Passover thing. Just been working. Uh, I saw. I had Friday off. Apparently, somebody got That's nailed a to a good cross. Friday. And uh, yeah, so now I get Friday off before Easter. Mm. That was nice. Uh, Bad Friday for Jesus, good Friday for Dan Clark. Friday, you know, every Friday is a good Friday as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Friday's a great day. I agree. Yeah. So I uh, went and saw Captain America over the weekend. Yes, got your text. Thank you for the invite. Uh, likewise. Um, I really want to see that. Me too. You of all people, I can't believe you haven't seen it. He's your man. I'm a big Cap guy. I I, I have very mixed feelings about Captain America because um, it, it, it is one of those comic book characters. That it's totally out of greed, but just like a band, when somebody becomes big and fashionable, there's just something that loses. Like when Spider-Man went nuts, there's party that's so excited that you're going to get good Spider-Man movies as you are a big Spider-Man fan, uh-huh. Dan. But then there's that party that's like, oh, now I'm going to go to Target. And instead of being excited when they have a Captain America shirt, there's going to be 20 20 of them. You and know? not only that, they didn't even make good Spider-Man movies. Yeah. That's the worst part well, of that. They made one. They made one good Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm not one? a huge... The first one. Sam Raimi is the first the one? first Sam Raimi one with Tobey Maguire. Of course, because Kai is an extra in That's it. That's true. <laughs> Kai is an extra in the first Spider-Man. If anyone doesn't know that, he is an extra in it. He's I the am. guy holding out his wiener, Can you he? be seen on camera or just a crowd extra? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean, mm. I'm a crowd extra, but a very large... I'm the, in the scene where, um, where Spider-Man is fighting Macho Man Randy Savage Badass. And Bruce Campbell is the announcer. <laughs> Come so on. Good. Yeah, yeah it was, totally. and do the the most the coolest part of that is you're talking about a lot of extras. I mean, they basically they only filmed one. So basically they, they would have one side of the stands filled. The sure. other four three sides were empty. Mm-hmm. But they would and they you would just it was have us fake? They would just have us move in, but they did have four stands set up. They would just have the whole crowd move. Uh-huh. But you're talking probably a good hundred extras on a back lot on a, you know, like the Sony lot. I would think that there would be more than that. I'm surprised it's only a hundred. Maybe it was a couple hundred. It was a lot. Yeah, because it was in the movie, but, it was like an underground wrestling club. It wasn't yeah, like true. but and also what you don't understand too is that a lot of the crowd are cardboard cutouts. Uh-huh. So they they <laughs> they, they, they put humans there to sort of 
add motion, but in with the humans, there's just they're like I next to my group was like two or three just cardboard cutouts of people that look like out. they're cheering. Same experience. I was a crowd extra in Rocky Balboa, I the final that. Rocky movie. And I was stunned when I walked into the arena because a quarter of the arena was filled with dummies. Yeah. Dressed up. Is and not creepy? dressed. What's that? Is that, that was creepy? Kind of That creepy. was the same experience I had on Baker's Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, betting on Baker. Yeah, well, betting on Baker. Betting well on Baker. played. Yeah. We couldn't afford dummies or cardboard extras, um, but that's yeah, crazy. So I was an extra in Rocky uh, Balboa. Kai was a, a, a crowd extra because we have to be very careful about that. There is a difference. Oh, we are not different. paid extras. Yeah. We, I signed a contract. Right. For instance, Dan in betting on Baker, that's some camera time up in that bitch. You know what I mean? You're on a field with 12 dudes. It's very different when you're in a crowd with 1,000 people. Right. You know? And they had it, the one for Spider-Man, they had paid extras and they were like the first two or three rows of had the crowd. Had that for Rocky too. I was so jealous. And they like got extra, like they got different catering and they got treated a little better. You know, they got people to go touch up their makeup and stuff and we were just schlubs in the back. But what was cool is Sam Raimi like allowed an open set. So he allowed between takes if you wanted to walk around, you could walk around. And he was super cool with it. I got to meet Macho Man Randy Savage. I got to meet Tobey Maguire. I got to meet Sam Raimi. I got to meet uh, Bruce Campbell. And that they were so and awesome. everyone there that wanted to. Cool. He was really Nothing but cool respect for that because uh, you and I were extras in a very low-budget indie horror movie that was shot. Called at the, the Telling, if you want to watch that. Shot and, at the Playboy Mansion. As well. And you can actually see us. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those extras where you can see us. But, and it's um, proof that we party at the Playboy Mansion. True. On film. So Problem jealous. with that was, unlike the experience you just discussed where you could cruise around, it was so awful how they treated extras on this set because they were so paranoid about being at the Playboy Mansion that you literally had to have someone walk you to the outdoor restroom. Yeah. Not and walk you into the house. From like your you, holding pen. A holding like pen. Like we were farm animals. That didn't have <laughs> any crafty, no drinks or anything. They just ordered the worst pizza on earth at the very end of the day. We were it in was, Hef's stable. Were, yeah, I was going to say you are in a stable. It was brutal. It was brutal extra work. It was <laughs> you, not fun. You would have loved it. But <laughs> it was badass because it was at the Playboy Mansion. Now that we've talked about extras for five minutes, Dan... Winter Soldier, Captain America, you saw it. We have not. How was it? I thought it was great. It was awesome. Re- it was really, really good. The My only catch is that I liked the first one so much, and this one, everybody said nothing but amazing things about it, which were correct. It was maybe just a tiny bit overhyped. Okay. Hmm. I think okay. I, I forgot that it was a superhero movie, so it was a little bit predictable, mm-hmm. and... I, I don't know. I just wanted, like, I was discussing with my brother when we went to the car. I was like, I just wanted that visceral, like, Lord of the Rings, holy shit moment, which, forgetting, again, it's Captain America, not Lord of the Rings. Like, it's not going to happen. For what it was, yeah. it was excellent. I heard it's a um, the first superhero meets spy movie. Somebody explained to me. Would you say that's fair? It said it, said it had a very, like, Cold War, James Bondy spy feel. I don't know if I go James Bondy, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Cap coming from way back when it came from World War II. Mm. Um, they kind of keep that vibe. And it was evident in the first one too, sort of stylistically, <laughs> visually. It has some of those elements. What I liked about the first Captain America was the, the first half of it when it was very yeah, much it was bad. Was his so good. origin in the 50s and the 40s and being at the at the World War II, the camps. And mm-hmm. I, that stuff was really Which is cool. the case a lot in superhero movies, I find like the back, the origin stories are so yeah, good. X Men. Because, and a lot of the movies like that, I mean, the best, Superman, the best first half of the First, movie. except X Men Origins, which is a piece of dog. Oh shit. yeah, that is a. Is that with shit. all the young kids? No, that's no, 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 no. that's great. That's for X Men First Class. X Men Origins is, is the Wolverine one, and it's like uh. Wolverine and a cameo of half the X Men universe. They try to fit in like ninety characters, and each uh. one of them gets like six seconds. On I the got screen. confused with all the X Men movies. <sighs> They're all pretty good, except for that X Men Origins one. We should have Wolverine a real one. deep conversation sometime about superhero movies because mm-hmm. that's a great topic. Yeah, great topic. So, and, yeah. it, and it's deep. It's deep. Oh, you, yeah. you can go a lot further than our knowledge goes. Uh-huh. So, it's, so it was good, though. So you'd it recommend it. Absolutely recommend seeing it. It was a tiny bit predictable, but overall excellent. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Better than uh, the Iron Man sequels? Uh, I liked Iron Man 2. Yeah, I, I, would, I would venture to say that I didn't dislike those. The best sequels in the new Marvel Universe? Better than the second Thor? I have not yet seen the second Thor. But the thing about the second Thor is, I feel that's a sequel that's better than the original. I liked it. I, I liked really it, enjoyed it. I liked it. it better than I it's liked the first so Thor. It's so fantasy oriented. Yeah, it it's such it a is. different it universal. It's cool. It's a good yeah. vibe. Good. So, so uh, 
Captain America, Universal Soldier, worth seeing. Yeah, go see it for sure. Winter Soldier. Mm. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Universal Soldier. And Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, certainly. How about you, Kai? Up to anything interesting over the uh, Easter holidays? Um, yeah. Uh, had Saturday was Record Store Day, which was a great success. Big day for you. What were your scores? Big day for me. Um, I, I, I got quite a bit. I, I did really well. I got actually ended up getting most of the things I was after. Um, I did happen to score. There was a split seven inch between Sunny Day Real Estate and uh, Circus Survive, which I was really pumped about. And they made 2,500 of them one run. And 2,400 of them are on burgundy vinyl. 100 of them randomly inserted was in clear. Smell of rich mahogany. Mm -hmm. I, I scored the clear, so I'm pretty pumped That's on that. awesome. Yeah. So I got one of 100. Wow. Pumped on that. Nothing more fucking like collector, nerd, hipster on earth than, yeah, I got the new Sunny Day Real Estate split on burgundy vinyl. Burgundy vinyl. Well, it, it matches the artwork. The mm. artwork was like a, you know, a burgundy like maroon i think it was actually maroon vinyl mm. is what they said but cool and i got in the, got the new pixies record which is fantastic it, i don't it doesn't yeah. come out for another month in any other respect but they mm. did a a limited pressing with an extra seven inch with two extra songs and it's god it's it's awesome and it's like they picked up right where they left off i mean mm. you're talking about band has made record in so long and it sounds just like they did uh, it's, huh. it's great it's That's really cool. incredible wow good Excellent. Well, um, I went to a baseball game last night with you. Uh, that's true. It's kind of we got to see got to see my Philadelphia Phillies. I go to see them every year when they play the Dodgers, and we uh, got a couple random ticket situations. Posse some people up, invited Dan, and Dan didn't even write me back. How to work, man? Sorry. Sweet. How about hey? How to work? Sorry. I figured you would get that. I imagine, <laughs> but I never got it from you. I figured you would get that. It was implied. My non-response was a nothing. response. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah. So um, I apologize for the non-response. That's fine. <laughs> it's, um, either, it's either the dinner to work or he was dead. One but it was that. a good time. Um, and and the thing too about going to games out here is what's different than the East Coast is you got to leave a little earlier. In, in retrospect, yeah. so like you got to like if you're on the East Coast and you're going to see a seven o'clock game, you can get off work at five o'clock and and make it. But out here, if it's a seven o'clock game, it's a little different. Yeah, you got to leave at two in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. But it was fun, especially on a Monday night. It was neat to do something. You know, you just never Monday night's such a night where even if you have a, a crazy exciting life, Monday night's still probably the one night where I'll probably just get your chill. night out. Even at the park, it was. I haven't been very in that quiet. Park that quiet. I mean, it was. They said like thirty seven thousand. But we had our own section. We could sit wherever we want. We were sprawled out. We yeah, were standing up. The beer was open next to us. So wow. it, was a, it was a fun night. They added a new hot dog stand called Extreme Dogs. That was. Did you get the Philly cheesesteak dog? I Chris did. did. I did. Wow. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Well, it wasn't great. Yeah. I went for the bacon wrap, super duper Mondo. That looked good. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it, was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was you, a good time. Was, did you heckle Pat Burrell? No, no Burrell. But ah. it was fun. It's like the first game of this season is always great. It's like, you know, and and when your team, when you only see, when I only get to see the Phillies once or twice a year, it was nice to have them win because the past two years I've gone to see them, they've lost. And keep, and, and, and they kicked they the shit out of the Dodgers. Win. They're a last place team playing a first place team, and they shamed him. Was eight to nothing? Shut them the fuck out. Yeah, Cliff Crazy. Lee, the pitcher, got ten strikeouts. Yeah, Ooh. like guys like Dodzie didn't even have the one moment to be like, "Hey, I'm pumped for a second. Like there was nothing. And he had he had at one point Mahalam, who's a Dodgers pitcher, had like was up to like seventy six pitches in like the fourth inning, and Cliff Lee was at like like forty. It was crazy. He was on wow. fire. It was on fire. It was a good time. So it was going to a baseball game. It's great. It's just a good vibe. There's just something, for for lack of a better word, it's just such an Americana just to sit back and have a beer and just bullshit. Because you can baseball is a sport where you can talk about other stuff while you're watching the game versus other games where it's just uh, you know yeah. like it's a real relaxing experience in a weird way. It is. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was mm. great. It's fun. Very good to go to a game. So one of the things that we wanted to kind of really kind of click back on is our underrated band segment. Because a lot of people have uh, tweeted us and sent Facebook messages about bands that they think are underrated and they like some of the bands that we turn them on to. So we're going to try and every week throw a couple bands out there for you that, 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 are, that are approved, that are Fresh Talk approved. And uh, Kai, this week, would you like to throw a band in the mix? I would love to. And I'm much like I did before, I'm going to do a band that is actually putting out a record today, is out in stores, and it's a band... As we record this today. A band called The Eels. Oh, oh nice. God, I love them. Yeah. Are incredibly underrated. I mean, it's pretty yes. much now down to just one guy, yeah. E. Mostly or, always, always was. was. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it, the first few records... And that's a band records, that had its share of success. That's yeah. definitely not oh, an unknown. Had a hit. Like I mean, 20 years. Had a hit. 
early on and they were more of like pushed kind of as a band and they but they've main, he's maintained a fairly decent cult success but he hit his stride in like the last maybe 10 years and started just really kind of figured out what he's going to do and it, it's less rock and he does more of kind of this like somber singer songwriter thing mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful man he he really writes he always gives you a couple per touching. record that that kick your butt there's yeah, one absolutely. that it, like, escapes me but one song that i just loved of his on one of his older records it was like a real dark kind of ballad yeah it's most it's, of his stuff and is. the new one's just that it's i mean it's it, really? you know mostly he's pretty stripped down like a lot of organ and acoustic guitar and i gotta vocal. go back and find that song did you ever lose the song Constantly. Like, you know, there's an artist that you do, love the song by them, but you haven't heard it in so long. You're like, God, what was that? How did it go? That it, what made me like it so much? Like, you need to go back and hear it. Yeah. You know? And there, I mean, still around deep catalog. I couldn't even begin to explain a place to start. Oh, the, my God. It's I all mean, over the place. Just yeah. just start with the brand new record and just work yourself back because they're all, they, all the records are good. They, they, he's never put out a shitter. Yeah. Dan, how about you? I'm going to go with the band that I don't don't know them that well because I was introduced to them recently, but I really had only heard the name and I really kind of fell in love with this record. Uh, This most recent one that I'm aware of came out in 2008. It's a band called The Hush Sound. You love that band. And they're fantastic. Like, I don't know how I miss them. They're wonderful. Fuel by Ramen, too. There was money put into that band a little bit. Yeah. The the last record that I know of, I think it was an 08 record. the title of it is escaping me. And I haven't even heard their other stuff. I've been stuck on this record. It's been so good. I've been rocking it. It's wonderful. I it's typically... exciting when you hear a band and you love their record and you find out that there's a couple others. And mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be as good as the one you fell in love with, but just the excitement that it could be. Sometimes it you know? is, though. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is. It's it's neat. I mean, it, you know, it sounds a little dated because it's not, you know, brand new, but it's it's great. I mean, they have a, a woman that sings, a girl that sings, and I typically am very picky about female singers, and she just does a great job. The harmonies with the male singer are wonderful. Cool. Great, check it out, The Hush Sound. Super cool. Um, uh, I'm going to throw a band out there. I don't think I mentioned them on Underrated Bands. Uh, this is a band, I bought the record, uh, and this band is no longer around. Uh, Canadians, if you, I would say, if you like your Nerf Herdery, Bowling for Soup kind of snarky kind of punk, but with some clever lyrics, band is called- Definition of pop punk. Yeah, <laughs> Flashlight Brown. Um, yeah. And I was turned on to that band. I had bought the record. Did you ever hear buy a record or listen to a record and you don't like it? Didn't do anything for you, whatever. Move on to the next one. Bought it in like a used bin. And Jarrett Reddick from Balling for Soup on tour was raving about that band. And literally it was one of those moments where somebody goes to you and says, much like you did with me and uh, the Her Majesty Striding record by Super... Super chunk. Super chunk. Um, you were like, Chris, I don't care. You have to. Just you, you have to. Like where you just know somebody so well. And he was yeah. right. He told me I had to go back to that record. And it, I went back to it. And it was one of those experiences where it was like hearing a whole new record where I was angry with myself the first time. <laughs> like, how did I not get this? Because it was my everything that I love about songs. And the guy, the lead guy was a clever lyricist, but the record was, there was funny stuff on there. There, but it was hooky, but it was punky. Um, there's a song about touring on there that's literally one of the better songs I've ever heard about touring. Um, and I should know the name of it. Um, I don't have it because I just thought of this band off the top of my head. But it's just an incredible song. There's a song about growing up, just looking back at your life. There's a song about being the guy that looks like a girl and getting picked on in school that's actually just a million times better than you would imagine, you know? Like the course is this epic refrain of curse like cheers the day i'm old and gray and no longer look like a girl i mean it's just one of those just a great record they um were on a major label did a little bit of touring did a little bit of warp tour opened up for some 41 over in japan one of those deals second record never was released one of those they made it label paid for it dumped them it kind of came out i have an advance of yeah, it so they, they adv- sent out advances and then they just and it was supposed to come out yeah and date. same thing um i'm not saying every song is a home run but there's four or five songs on there that are incredible did you ever listen to them dan no because of I'm all people the there's a couple tunes on there that are right 
up your Definitely. like alley. Like the the lead, you got to respect the band. Lead track, second record, major label, and the courses. Now some inbred chicks on crack are rocking out to Nickelback. Oh. That's just a, <laughs> and it's the course. Yeah, you know, like they were really smart, really clever, and they were going to be on one of the Get Happy tours yeah. in when America. That was supposed to come out when that record was supposed to come out. Record didn't come out. Got all screwed up. Never were on it. And I MySpace with the the lead dude. MySpace. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's how long ago. And he wrote me back, dude, can't wait to tour with you guys. Awesome. Like your band. And that was it. Never really got to meet him. Never got to tell the guy how much I really love the band. And they, oddly enough, were called Flashlight um, before they were Flashlight Brown, as far as I know. And they put out two or three records in Canada. And they were kind of like sky actually, a little bit, if you can believe that. And strange enough, they were kind of, it was like one of those things, like there was like this little Canadian pop punk movement where it was like Flashlight, Gob, and Sum 41. And we all know who blew up yeah, you yeah. know but if you like that type of music if you like your funny lyrics if you like catchy hooks if you like the pop punk thing please go back and find those two flashlight brown records i tell you there's songs on it that you'll love the, there's the best song ever written about dungeons and dragons called ready to roll oh, it's a great song. it's a great song yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's just like it's all and the first time i listened to it i didn't listen to the lyrics and i thought it was about partying and then when uh, I actually went into the lyrics, he's talking about like being a cave troll, like go to the troll, have a few beers, dressed up, ready to roll. So you get under the impression, it's very rancid. You get under the impression he's talking about getting dressed up and you're ready to roll and hit <laughs> the town. LARPing. Almost like too smart for its own good. Like Total, one of those absolutely. writers, you know, uh, just great band. I the, check the weed out. is curse. So we got the Hush Sound, we got Eels and we got Flashlight Brown. And I think you got, all three of those are great bands. If you've never heard of them, go in and, and check out a couple tunes and all very different and in very this different. age of spotify you don't have the excuse of audio or mog or there's a yeah. billion options yeah you can you can find the stuff oh, and yeah. listen to it and check it out so hopefully you can check those bands out and one of them hits the spot mm -hmm. underrated bands of the week uh -huh. all right moving moving on and trying to keep these segments we got our tv talk we got to talk about tv we talk about game of thrones every week if you don't like game of thrones fuck you uh <laughs> episode three just happened wow uh, yeah. great right I mean, it, obviously it was a two, builder. Two it was, was a builder. Two was last huge. night talking to Aaron on the way to the baseball game. Aaron didn't like the episode. He didn't like where it was going. But I thought yeah, it was more Aaron's of a, a builder episode. It is. But Aaron's a guy that like needs like action, action, action. He's like ADD with TV. Yeah. If, if it's not like there's not a. Uh, a pinnacle moment in an episode. Odd, He's like, oh, that's bullshit. Odd, though, that he really is into Clone Wars because it's not necessarily that, Clone Wars. But it'll it'll give you a cliffhanger because it'll be part of like mm -hmm. a miniseries. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a building episode this past Game of Thrones. The, the end, I thought, while it was appropriate and, and good with the story, it was kind of a little flat. Uh-huh. Like the build up to her invading Marine should have been a little more climbed. Yeah. Like, holy shit. And she's yeah. just like, well, here's some but man, I mean, things are heating up. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, they, on both sides they've of the crossed sea. the oh, yeah. wall. Oof. And uh, need we talk about the f the fucking rape scene? I mean, flat out, like a rape scene, incestual rape. Yeah, incestual rape. The with sexiest a, with kind of rape. A hint of necrophilia. Oh, not a hint. I mean, incestuous it was rape with traces of necrophilia. I mean, it's it was like on their all sons. the best websites. Yeah. The ones you don't have to pay for anyway. Yeah, the ones you go to jail for. <laughs> it's like it's like Danzig's house. I, I read something rude uh, because I try and read Game of Thrones TV reviews that ones that don't have book spoilers every uh -huh. week, just because I like the show so much. I want to hear what people say. And so, there was one that was like I don't know what site it was, but something to the effect of that was the most risque sex scene in the history of television because of the three things that came together it, was, it made it. me a little uncomfortable i'm not gonna lie yeah like, Ooh, this is well because in my head i'm like that's not how that went down well kai <laughs> said in the book it's more consensual it, it is yeah. consensual yeah. so i saw a pretty funny post today on google plus by this guy I was like so the america's all upset about a non-consensual you know sex scene that is on the you know next to the dead son and uh, you know, and, and I am really ruining this. Basically, <laughs> basically, he was like, so consensual versus non-consensual is where they draw the line. Like, not the fact that it was incestuous, not the fact that it was on their dead son's, like, bed, basically, right next to him. I was like, oh, it's the rape part. That's hmm. where they... Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, morals. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was it was know. pretty intense. That's definitely one like you know if you're not if you're a little prude, that's definitely the episode where you leave Game of Thrones. At the prude, end of that, this show's not for you at all. Yeah. At the end of that, when Cersei reached back and like grabbed the shroud that Joffrey, was I on, thought he was gonna I fall. Thought she was gonna pull the body uh, down. Oh. I was just like, oh fuck, please don't let this happen right now. Like, and like my brain is going to just the darkest place right now. I won't go there. But, like it made whoever wrote that Game of Thrones scene look at me and be like, dude, you're fucking sick. <laughs> um, but just what a great show i continue to just absolutely adore it and uh you know i just need that pivotal show in my life that that i have to watch every yeah. week you know and you i had feel it with, the storm bro i had it with episode. true detective and mm-hmm. now and game of thrones is back talked about it last night with kai and aaron um did you see sherlock season three Dan? i did i saw sherlock season three this past weekend now i on the record i thought sherlock season one and two honestly is one of the best television shows of all time i thought it was incredible such an interesting twist so well done so well acted i thought moriarty was one of the best bad guys perfect ever absolutely i was kind of let down by season three and i've been very excited to see it very excited to see it and uh it it wasn't bad the middle episode by far was the weakest which is always kind of what happens but the lack of bad guys the bad guys that they tried to it's everything it was just they they just tried to make it so epic and i felt i felt hobbited man i felt like it was kind of like the hobbit where it just wasn't the depth and darkness of lord of the rings but they were trying to make me feel like it was and it's it's siler syndrome or twin peaks where you where do you go from moriarty i mean like you said one of the best villains that's ever been created how do you move on from that? It's yeah. it's just it's very I mean and especially the way that he was created difficult. in this version of Sherlock Holmes. Like yeah. the character was wonderful, the acting was perfect, like the guy was great as Moriarty. And but then I will uh, give nothing away. The last minute oh, of yeah. the final episode, I got goosebumps. And why? Because you gave it away already, man. It, it, it all, tied it, back to a Moriarty. It all becomes worthwhile. Yeah, and I'm well, like maybe. Did I really just watch six hours of television just to get to that one little tease that you did but was it worth it yeah it was pretty bad i just wish i just wish they had made two episodes per season and cut out that middle episode every time because they just suck yeah they're just not and they're just trying to make this blackmailer guy just be super dark and then you know he caps him at the end there's a lot in like mycroft like sherlock what have you done that's always Mm. like a giveaway they did it in the hobbit i was telling kai last night the end of the second hobbit the last thing is dr watson as bilbo (laughs) baggins saying what have we done you know and anytime a show ends with what have we done it's like really you know like you know but I, I, I liked it. It's just to, to be looking forward to it so much and be a little late to the party of it coming out. It didn't it didn't do what I wanted. It just seemed like, hey, everyone's in on how awesome it is now. And it just didn't but feel But everyone I know felt the same way about that third season. Mm. Yeah, I didn't hear one person that was like, that, that third season was awesome. Everyone was like, huh? You know. Yeah. Happy to have it back. Yeah, it's better than most. Yeah. At least those characters are there. Have moments. You know, so. Yes, Dan, you, you have been doing the Silicon Valley. I have been. That is your world. I, a bit removed, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think so far? I think it's freaking hilarious. You do. You're in. It's very fun. Because I've I'm heard a lot you? of people that have been a little like, eh, take it, leave it, you know? It's, I mean, I think it's a lot more funny if you know the characters that some of those people are modeled after, which I don't. Uh-huh. But I think the writing, and like we talked about after the first episode, I was a little underwhelmed. But after chewing on it for a little bit, it got funnier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still funny. Like I was laughing. I expected to laugh out loud the first episode. I didn't. I laughed out loud the third episode. And what happens with me is I find that it's Mike Judge, so it's subtle and it's pretty dry. Very. But then when I end up talking to somebody about it afterward, after the episode, I'm like, God, that was really funny. That was so much funnier than I was giving it credit for. <laughs> we had this John and Dan and I went yeah. out for beers last Friday, and like we we sat around talking about it, and like all of a sudden by the end of it, like we're laughing. I'm like, this is. And that happened to me today with my coworkers talking about the most recent episode. We were just talking about stuff and just laughing at the lunch tables. Like it was, huh. it was really funny. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, give, yeah, give it a whirl. Watch it. Give it a whirl, yeah, man. It's yeah. funny. Watch like the first minute. You like of Mike it, Judge? You, know? you like Office Space yeah. and yeah. Idiocracy? Yeah, do it, man. Totally. But like, obviously, Dan, you're a big Mike Judge guy. I mean, you loved Office Space. Ah, oh, well, you, I mean, you wave that flag. Who doesn't love <laughs> Office Space yeah. though? That's like that's like one of the greatest comedies of our generation. For you sure. think so? so? Well, Without a doubt. If you've ever worked in an office, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. It's pretty iconic. 
Yeah, even universe. I mean, the I whole Michael Bolton thing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's just that. It is funny. It's it's one of the hey, I mean, Peter Man. Like yeah. that's funny. Breast every, exam on Channel Three. That's every funny. Character. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> look out for your cornhole, bud. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. That whole movie is fantastic. Uh. Well, we're doing a lot of segments today. I think it's almost kind of a segment-based episode, testing out some segments and seeing how we want to do and go with it because time's already flying even to just kind of get through all these segments. So another segment we wanted to uh, try on, Kai, was your uh, records of the week because you're such a devout uh, release guy. Every Tuesday, you seem to know what's happening. What is new in the world of music and what should people be checking out? So uh, what I'm picking up this week is every, like I said last week, every Tuesday I go to Salzer's Records, our local record store, and I pick up records. Because the year is 1986. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, it's because I just like to, you know, I could go listen to stuff on Spotify, but it, if people want to have their favorite artists keep making music, they've got to support it. That's why I always buy They I Might Be Giants and Steve Rowe and Tom Waits. Exactly. I know I'm fighting an uphill battle. That's about it. But, but I, I'll fight it. So this week, as I mentioned, the new Eels record is coming out. Um which I really can't say enough about that band. I mean, I know they've been around a while, but they every year, dude puts out a new record, and it's great. It's always great. It's great. God, um, I, I got that song. I want to hear that song, and I don't remember how it goes, but I know that like, the second song in this one record was like, when I heard it, I like, cried. I was like, oh, God, it's me. And a <laughs> new record by a band called The Menzingers came out this week, uh-huh. which is a new sort of, like the new guard of, of the kind of the punk scene along with bands like Polar Bear Club that are kind of coming up and keeping, you know, the next generation of of like underground punk bands. This is a band that just toured hard. I mean, I saw them at Billio's a couple of years ago and they just kept touring and keep touring and they get keep getting a little bigger and the records keep getting a little better. Real Brent, punk though, right? Pretty traditionalist punk. I mean, it's not it's not loud. It's not like it's there's melodies. It's mm-hmm. like the, you know, that evolution, it always gets a little poppier. But yeah. I mean, it's like an epitaph kind of, you know, definitely a punk band, but but way on the poppy side of it. Cool. You know, but great band. I, uh, you know, Eels, Menzingers. Yeah, Menzingers. 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 That's it for this Menzingers. week. Uh, obviously, with Record Store Day being this weekend, it's an incredibly small release week because yeah. most everybody put out yes. their records on Saturday. But this is, those are the two that came out this week that I'm very excited to listen to. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 what I'll start doing is I'll, I'll come back the next week with the reports of how these records work because I, I come here and tell you what to buy and sometimes mm. like last week I talked about Jessica Lee Mayfield and I was like she's a Samaricana singer songwriter mm. that re- new record she went crazy she's, it's like she made up a straight up like like shoegazy indie rock record like fucking gnarly guitar parts and, oh, and it's brilliant it's so good because her vocals are still the same she still sounds like a you know americana girl singer but with this spacey heavy guitars it's pretty rad yeah. well you know it did uh happen this past two weekends is coachella yes yes let's talk about coachella a little bit real quick if we could um i'm out on it I mean, I've been out it since I went one of the first years, and it's just bullshit, man. It, first off, if you don't know what Coachella is, it's basically like America's attempt to have what people in Europe have, which yeah. is a legit, proper, huge. It's like a Reading Leeds. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, but it's out in the desert. In but it's California. in the desert. <laughs> it's not a Castle Donning Center right now. And yeah. they do it in <clears throat> April in the desert in California when it's so starting it's to get hot, hot as fuck. Yeah. And, and dusty. And, and, and now shitty. this word Coachella has, is this cool, creative yeah. hip word and it's a shit desert town. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's Methlehem. It yeah. is <laughs> God's meth country. Oh, little bit of yeah, Methlehem. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's where people shoot guns and snort meth. So fuck every, for t- this thing is so big that now it is two weekends. Two weekends. It now, is yeah. so big. That and they have actually now having two. Imagine if Reading and Leeds happened back to back weekends. And is it you know? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yes. It is, right? Yeah. Yes. Three. So they days. do they have six days. And it's become the cool thing in California to go to. Like, you know, celebrities. Yeah. They, they have special VIP tickets. The, the, the tickets are outrageous, but actors, musicians, famous people, they all want to go to this. But all these fucking famous people aren't out there camping and sweating their balls off in a tent. They're going to local hotels, if not going home. Taking their yeah. plane home. To Hollywood, yeah. you know? And it's just like, you go Dude, to this- but what, what they do is they, they have these badass rental properties, these houses, 
out there that you can rent that are nice. They're all renovated inside, super nice, all wood, everything, air conditioning, pools, they're their choice. And that's what all the celebrities do is they go rent these badass houses. And the what you can do is you can go and not even go to Coachella and go to the badass parties that happen afterward because all those celebrities throw fucking parties there. And if you know someone, it's, you know it's somebody, you can end like up at a pretty the, rad party. The place to go. I, 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 for but in, the festival's bullshit. For instance, um, we did a photo shoot on over a couple nights for the movie. And uh, a friend of ours, Nikki Lee, who happens to be Miss April in Playboy, last year mm-hmm. weird for me to say that that is a friend of mine but um she is great person really nice but she at the time it was a day before coachella and she was like on the hunt for a ticket uh, and it was one of those things where you know i talked to her about it i don't mean this in a negative way but it definitely from that world beyond going to see all those great bands it's just network. the place to be right. she was talking about how all her friends and networking and how so much happens there that everybody's there you know and it, it's almost like hey yeah, i live in hollywood and i'm gonna be like basically have no one to kick it with all weekend because the whole world is down there and it becomes such a hot thing. She was looking for tickets Thursday night. Thing starts on Friday. I was with her and we were actually looking together and they were like $1,500 for a $300 ticket. I mean, that's a five time markup the night before on a $300 ticket yeah. i mean that's how big that this event's gone because it, and it's and and it's the, the capacity is like a hundred thousand and it sells out every time way in advance it's on it's remarkable yeah and and it, what's crazy is the impact it has on los angeles though the first weekend not this last week, the weekend before los angeles it was the greatest weekend ever doing anything in la <laughs> yeah. I, I drove everywhere and and got stuck in no traffic every there was no wait anywhere it was and, it was fucking it, fantastic it was just me and a bunch of old jews it was the, great hey, it was like it life. was like what i imagine my heaven to be like <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome sounds like my hell <laughs> but uh that's i'm getting of course i'm jewish um anyway uh they uh what bums me out about Coachella, though, is when it first came out, it was like, man, because they sold it as we're going to give you, because American music fans would look at these festivals in Europe, like Reading and Leeds, like Sonosphere, like Download, like uh, uh, the V Festival, like yeah. so many others. We know how it is. We've been lucky enough to go over there and play those events. We've All- also been lucky enough to play them, though, and not have to camp them. Yes. If we had to go to camp at Download, I doubt we'd go to Download either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, the camping's brutal, but this is camping in the desert, but yeah. they came along, they started Coachella it became an instant success because there's not a lot of those festivals in America and you and at first it was like a real nice it's eclectic the only one thing in, in Southern music. California but now it's like this hipster event like now they make a poster every year making fun of it and the poster is so, so spot funny. on <laughs> it's so spot on how they just have these type and now it's like the, the the duet thing it's like the Grammys like what happened to a band just going up to the Grammys and being a band now if you blow up you have to have like all all right, it's um fun, but uh, Santana is gonna join him. Well, who gives that a fuck, fun man? Like, when did that be? When yeah, did the that Grammys? That sounds like the least fun thing of all time. Yeah, like <laughs> when, when did the Grammys come a duet? And now that's everybody goes to Coachella to see who well, they're gonna bring who's out. Who's gonna show up when Pharrell plays? Which is exactly Uh-oh, what Nas came out with Jay Z. Uh oh, Gwen Stefani came out with. It's like. I, it's and and the light shows. I actually heard somebody. I'm not making this up. Somebody bitching about. Um, who went to Coachella about how the the stage show wasn't good, like like the light show, and I'm like, it's a fucking band, man. Concert, man. You but know it's what probably I mean? not a band. It's probably some dickhead with a laptop. Yeah, and now there's DJ tents and all these events that yeah, happen. Yeah. It's, just, DJ, it's just not a music festival anymore to me. I mean, it is. It is, it, though, man. But it they, is, and they but, do keep it pretty diverse. I mean, they had everything from fucking Motorhead to Pharrell mm-hmm. to Beck. To, I mean, there's there was there was something everybody. For, I mean, was there, was, there. there was a couple of pop punk bands. They do give a little bit of everything. They yeah, do. It is. It's just. It's kind of been. I, it just happens to be that hipsters go there. But that's just. The it's way been over. It is. They're the. They're the. They're the type of person that would pay three hundred dollars to go camp in the desert. It's a social event for yeah. sure. And now. and Coachella pays these artists that are broken up fortunes 
to reunite. That's kind of their big thing. They We're paid, the festival that gets someone to get they back paid together. Refused mm. so much money that Refused got back together after they said they would never do it for no amount of money. They figured out what no amount of money is, <laughs> yeah. and they they, they topped it. it. They did the opposite of refusing anything. Yeah, they yeah. got together and and made a whole world tour out of it because they were like, "Fuck, we're gonna." There's enough money at this one show to do it now. I mean, that's that's a lot of money dude. Yeah. for dudes that bands like, launch reunions at Coachella because then festivals over in Europe want the same yeah. thing. You yep. know, it's it's become a real power broker event all yeah, in in the, in the music world. But it's just I'm telling you, folks, if you've ever looked at that and said, "I want to go," be prepared to get sunburnt. Be prepared to sweat. Be prepared to spend two hundred dollars on water over the weekend. Be prepared to not probably see the band you want to see because you're going to have to get there seven hours early and work your way to the front. It's because yeah. otherwise you're going to be in the back of ninety thousand. And listen, people. I love festivals. I love the concept of them. One of the things that I am most jealous about. England, and quite frankly, there's not that much. But one of the things that I am jealous about beyond <laughs> Wagamama is the great festivals that they get. Mm-hmm. I mean, just man, I just think it's so cool that you could be like, I'm going to download in June, I'm going to Sonosphere in July, and I'm going to Reading and Leeds in August, and I can see everyone. Between those three festivals, I'm gonna be hard pressed, and that's why tours don't do good over in England in the summer. Because festival everybody yeah. is going to be playing a How festival. You against that? Yeah, totally. So, and they become powerful as bands can't tour anymore, and as bands can't afford to f- tour all over the world. I talked to our agent Ed about it very recently. He was like, "We just are now are living in the era of the festival. Yeah. Don't make enough money touring. It's too expensive a tour. Too much gas. Too much blah blah blah." Every band is begging their agent to get them on a festival because they get more attention. Hear what? that, Ed? Yeah, yeah, Ed, come on, pick it up. Um, you get more attention being a pinky sliver name on that ad that's going to be in every magazine in the entire country than you would doing a festival and clubs you know, yeah. at the same time. So everybody is just desperate where there's bands now that that's their tours. They literally go – bigger bands can now go yeah. – on festival tours over in England and Europe. And we're going to go over there for a month and we're going to have three, four days off. And then we're going to play two festivals and have three, four days off. And that's kind of the new model, yep. you know, like, so the traditional rock tour by is certainly not gone, but it has become more difficult for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons, the festivals, the festivals are just the only things that still have you enough still do. muscle to maintain. Yeah, and maintain in a big way. Yeah. You know? Well, back to the Coachella thing. One beautiful part of this. Because people are spoiled. Thing, and they want a ton of bands. Yes. But one beautiful part of this that we get to reap the benefits of is that we live near the Los Angeles area. And if you live around the LA area, what you get are all these bands that come and reunite yep. and mm-hmm. do whatever to play Coachella. They all have to do warm up shows. And in between shows, I mean. And, yeah, Ellie, Ellie Golding was at, at Coachella, and she was at Ventura Theater the weekend after. Well, now yeah. in, and, in and our Beck, town, Beck, Beck played too. at the Arlington in Santa Barbara. Beck hadn't done any shows so, for this new. So record we're out of the too. radius clause yeah. in yeah. Ventura, yeah. and they're actually there was an article in the Reporter, a weekly paper. I don't know if you caught it last week, called Coachella by the Sea, and Ventura is actually getting a reputation for the week of in between the two Coachellas of having just the like the best bands yeah. in a small location because we, we, you know we're, obviously we're right you were talking there. about yeah. the radius clause they 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 can they can go as far as ventura so there are people now i know it's going to sound crazy but they talked to them in the article that are going to coachella getting a hotel in ventura for the week in between and going to three or four shows at our theater and yeah. seeing some of these big bands like cage the elephant sold out yeah, in a thousand out in, in a yeah. thousand seat place and churches and getting to see them there and then Going back to Coachella the yeah. next weekend to go to the stages that they didn't see. So it's, they're literally going to, there, there's some talk of trying to, and I don't know who this is. It's just people in this ar- article, but about trying to get in touch with Coachella and actually in Ventura calling Coachella by the sea and every night at the theater from Monday to the following Friday, Brilliant. you get a couple bands and almost like getting like a weekend, a week pass to the Ventura theater and you don't know who you're going to get, but you're going to get five acts. It's you know? brilliant. You know who you came even, to that Cage Elephant show? Demi even, Moore. Yeah, of course. Think about that. So the famous people going to Coachella are now taking a limo up to Ventura. Well, a lot of them live in Santa, have a place in Santa yeah. Barbara. Yeah, they're Ohio. Yeah. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all over. 
Yeah, it's, it, but it's rad. I mean, last year for that, I got to see Postal Service. Here was a band that, again, uh, said they were never going to put a show together. Mm-hmm. Coachella paid them enough money to put a show together. Wow, yeah, and yeah. their first show ever was in San Luis Obispo, which is two hours from here. Got to go up and see the first show that band ever played. And yeah. got to see the, the full lighting rig, the full the Coachella experience. Coach, the full, yeah, whoever got to see them in front of whatever, 50,000 people, I got to see them in a room with like 2,000. It was awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, and yeah. that's the benefit we have. I mean, mm-hmm. and Beck just did two nights at the Arlington in Santa Barbara. Same, he did the, his whole same exact show he did at Coachella. But you don't have to stand the back of these all these people. You get to go see him in a little theater mm-hmm. in Santa Barbara. And the other it's brilliant. nice thing about Coachella that I mean, slightly tangential is that they stream everything live on YouTube. So even yeah. if you, if you want to go and can't, or you're like, I don't want to go to the fucking desert. Or, I want to catch. I just want to catch Bonobo that's real quick. How you can watch it? Big yeah. they are though. Yeah. Imagine that that they don't need to sell the tickets. You know, yeah. do they do every stage? Yeah, they yeah. have. When you went to the no YouTube way. page, there were all yes. three stages, and you could just pick the one you want to watch. Pick your feed. I never knew that. That's that's, great. that's okay. 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 That's pretty cool. That's <laughs> pretty cool. That's Good for them for doing that. And it's free. Good for them for doing that. Good yeah. call. Yeah, it's just promotion for them. People pretty cool. I want to go to that next year. Their shit sells out, so what is it? It's no sweat off their nuts. Yeah. them at all. It's yeah, and had sales. a huge ticket, too. It's yeah. like, there's a, there is, a, and they are not obscure. If any listener knows this band, I'm impressed, but there was a hardcore band called Dog Eat Dog that I grew up with in high school that I really, really liked. They were on Roadrunner Records. They were hardcore rap, kind of hip-hop-y. They had a freaking sax. Don't even ask. But that was their thing. That is sax, right? So um, that's a band that they had a big success. One of these bands that blew up in Europe. Like you wouldn't believe how big they got there. It was moderate in the States. This is like in the late 90s, mid 90s. But they still are kind of together. You know, it's like two dudes. They're like probably 50 now, live in Jersey. But they got some of the dudes together. And um, their big record was called All Burroughs Kings. But Sonosphere... Just like you said, and this is on a much, much smaller level than Postal Service, but is paying them, you know, probably a decent amount of money yeah. to come play, not main stage or not that big, but playing a side stage at Sonosphere, but do the whole record, you know, wow. from front to back. So you get a weirdo like me who's been wanting to see this band for 15 years and they're playing the big record and i mean i'm sure they're doing a celebration tour and playing sure. in a bunch of small clubs of but you know you just think man it'd be so cool to see that band that i grew up with and it's on such a smaller level but those festivals have the budget to pull cool things like that off you know so festival season is upon us man and and, and i love it i love music festivals i mean literally some of my favorite times um, in Army of Freshmen and hanging out with you particular gentlemen has been at music festivals. Absolutely. Like the, yeah. the, the moments oh, I'll God, never yeah. forget. Like the ones that like, you know, that including ones that we just went to, to go see, not ones yeah. that we were playing. At. Yeah. Like that's Going the one like, tour. you know, Hey man, something happens bad to me and I'm in the hospital and you need yeah. to tell me some good stuff before I pass on. Just start reeling them off, you know, just, you know, just get to those. So yeah, I mean, um, what? So let's, in terms of festivals, because it kind of is our, a bit of our subject today. What, what was your all-time favorite festival moment and/or festival that you attended or played at? Oh Jesus, there were so many. That's a t- that's a I tough mean, question. I'm yeah. gonna have to go with Summer Sonic in Japan because yeah. it was the first, and oh. that was we've talked about it a million times. But that was just that Wizard of Oz moment, man. And not to mention, I mean, there's like that was where there it wasn't as big as some of those European festivals. There were mm-hmm. only three stages, and they treated us. Just like they treated Blondie, yeah. yeah. just like they treated the Doors, Ugh. just like they treated everyone on that festival, but Radiohead. It was pretty mm-hmm. badass. Heaven is a place called Summer Sonic. It, seriously. Yeah, so good. And uh, there's a million memories. It's kind of a loaded question. Yeah. Dan, anything stand out for you? Well, I mean, obviously, you have to go with yeah. Summer Sonic, but how I about mean, something else? Watching Iron Maiden play it was a download. The first, yeah, the first, Donington. And mm-hmm. Donington was pretty fucking awesome like watching Ed, the tank bust out on the stage for the finale yeah. and he pop out I was like to understand how big Maiden was yeah. to, to, to experience yeah. it, I would yeah. agree and for me to hear Bruce Dickinson walk on stage and say scream for me Donington because as a kid I heard him say that a thousand times on live after death mm-hmm. and now I, I it was that was fucked that was a cool moment man uh-huh. All right, that's great <laughs> uh, again there's 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 so many but um Oh man, well, I mean, where where it's tough. That's that's a loaded question because I just said some of my favorite moments ever of that. But I um I'm trying to think of one that's that's a little offbeat. But 
The, the MIDI festival was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, how about that? China. China. <laughs> on a bus with three other bands. We don't know what type of event we're playing. It's called no a one festival. No can explain it to us. Literally, no one can tell us how big this thing is. And we were told to be prepared to play in front of 12 people in the mud. It could just be a joke. We don't know. And all the other bands were like that, too. We are driving up to this event. And literally somebody on the bus and there's a lot of tension what's going on because we're all playing today yeah, but we don't talk, know what event we're, we're going all talking to and hanging out and because normally if you play the biggest show of your career you know well in advance that that's going to be the biggest yeah. show of your career we are driving and you literally hear one person on the bus say is that the stage and just like little oh. kids the whole bus pressed up against <laughs> the side of the bus surprised we didn't and, topple that thing yeah, over and literally people are like oh my god God, I remember Aaron being like, "Oh my God!" And everybody, it dawned on them that, like, my the thought first thought was, "That's a festival stage. Yeah. That's not a, a small Man, stage. That's not a club stage." And as we get closer, the next thing, every no one's saying it, but everybody's thinking. Is there going to be a lot of people at this thing? Because nobody yeah. knew. That's and, what if we come around yeah. and we, it's that and big it's, ass stage. And we and came down there. the street and we saw. Just a massive crime. It wasn't like the end of the world, but it was big, it was a lot bigger than anybody expected. And it was earlier in the day. So you knew it was only going to get bigger. And literally, I mean, there must've been 30 dudes on that bus and everybody, cause none of the bands were huge. Yeah. They were just those bands that were all at that level. And everybody started cheering. Cause it just dawned on everyone that they were about to play probably the biggest show of their career kamikaze yeah i mean not even like oh my god like the whole mentality of everyone on that bus literally saw guys busting out deodorant you know like everyone was just like oh, people are tuning in like so you know. that the backstage you had to be driven to the venue yeah. because the the dressing rooms they gave us all luxury condos and it was like a strange it was a strange yeah like like hotel oh god it was, it was awesome brilliant. i love it so much it amazing Ugh, well, with that said, um, I certainly hope we get to play another festival again because goddamn. And the other thing too is I puke at all of them. And I, I anybody <laughs> that knows me, I'll, I'll drink a little bit. I don't drink a lot, but in full disclosure, sorry if my parents hear this, I do have a strange record of every time we perform at a festival. I I get so I drink so much that I throw up. And you eat strange foreign foods. Yeah, and I think it's part of the, the excitement as well. But yeah, you, it's probably nerves. You do get your wobble on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, <laughs> I, always, I mean, at the end of every one of them, man, from Sonosphere to MIDI to uh, the freaking downloads. I mean, if you put us on a festival, I'm just because it's also longer, so you're kind of drinking all day. Yeah, and you're just so pumped up at the end. You know, so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, folks, this has been yet this another has been festival talk. Yeah, this has been festival talk. Fest festival season, <laughs> baby. Whether you're hating Coachella or loving it or freaking getting ready to go, so we encourage you all out there to go to festivals. Yeah, Let go us check know one where out. you're going. I know Lesson Jake's going to be uh, playing in England. I think it. I think it downloads this year. Are they doing the download thing? Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. I think Seems you're likely. Right. That's a good festival, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Great one. Yeah. Well, as always, folks, let us know what segments you enjoy. Let us know what you want to hear. Be sure to follow us. Be sure to spread the word on Fresh Talk. We are here. We're sticking with it. 25 episodes. We'll be in. here for at least one more. Yeah. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> um, and we are here with beer. Get used to it. And you can find me Apples. on Twitter, at Army of Fresh Men. You can find me at Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm at DX. This is Fresh Talk, and Dan, now that you're back, would you like to play the bossa nova? 